From Dragon360, this is Digital Banter, a podcast focused on modern marketing tactics and driving real business results. And now, here are your hosts, James and Zach. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Digital Banter. As always, I am Zach. With me, of course, is James. Welcome back, everybody. This is going to be a fun topic. James and I, we were kind of meeting in our production meeting of how we wanted to approach this week. And we kind of had this, well, I think this actually is James' idea, but I think what it's evolved into is a good mixture of both of our insights. And, and really what we're talking about today is the overall structure of a company that we like to work with, the benefits, different types of structures we've experienced in, in, in our experience across different industries, brands, products, you know, in a B2B format, but then also talking a little bit at the end about, you know, in-house benefits versus hiring an agency partner, or as some even allude to, and we're going to talk about this, just a vendor and why we dislike that. So really what it is, is like I said, we want to talk about the different business structures, more about the organizational structure of a business, of kind of what's leading decisions. Who are these decision makers? At the backbone of the company, what is the driving factor? Um, and James and I actually, we have a lot of similarities here, but this is actually where we have different opinions of what we like best, which goes to show there's not a perfect answer to this conversation. And every, honestly, marketer or even company has their own insights and preferences to what is happening around them in today's world. To be honest, I think where we should start is just kind of outline really what we call, what we kind of came up with is like the four business-led types. Those four are finance-led, um, sales-led, marketing-led, and product-led. And what I'm talking about is when I use the term led as in like leading the business. So I want to start with one that we both determine that we, we really don't like, um, but it's finance-led. So James, I'd love, what is a finance-led organization? What does that look like? And then we'll get into some pros and cons. Yeah, I mean... Everything finance-led, product-led, marketing-led, sales-led, it's, it's all about you know, how the marketing leadership is structured and really who is the ultimate decision-maker at the end of the day, where is strategy coming from. Everybody's leadership is made up a, a different way, and you know, it really is, I want to be ch- sure to say this, it is all, in all of these situations dependent on the individuals that make up this leadership team that kind of leads to, I mean, it's the success of the company. The success of a company is built in the leadership. Um, But what we're diving into more around is like, because all of these leadership structures can work. Absolutely. But what is more conducive for a productive agency partnership rather than a, um, you know, a a vendorship, we'll call it. And I will, I will, complain about that quite a bit later. But um, one of the things like that we have found as an agency, and, I, and this is like, a big part of what we're talking about today is, again, not every, not every organizational structure is fit to work with an agency. Some teams are better building things out in-house. Some teams are better, depending on how that structure is, you might have a better relationship. So some of the things that we've found with finance-led organizations, we've kind of historically found that these are the most typical, the most difficult, um, the most difficult relationships to have because 
we often see from a finance perspective, organizations are overly um, focused on short-term goals and really focus on like, what can we do now to hit our targets? Because you need to hit your targets in order to get more budget. Like that's kind of the philosophy that we see all the time. And, and it can lead to tough situations because what it leads to from a marketing perspective is what can we do to get quick wins, which is heavily focused on demand capture activities, the age old issue of hey, how can we squeeze more out of paid search because paid search has a 700% return on ad spend, even though you know all those people are just searching for your brand and it's just, a, I mean, it's an easy demand capture activity, but the long-term vision and the idea that we'll go to the 80-20 rule, it's gonna cost eight times as much to acquire a new customer than it is to convert somebody who's already looking for you. I feel like that the that gets lost sight of a lot of the times in financial, in finance led situations. Some of the great things about them though, they're very fiscally responsible. Yep, I was gonna um, mention that. Always, yep. always willing to scale with results. Like, I mean, that's always a, a great, <laughs> a great win. We, you show us, you show us the results and we'll give you more budget. I mean, that's, I feel like that is a fair situation, but it does some of those other goals that a brand may have kind of fall short. And when I say other goals, like brand focus, like what things about like, what do you want to be known for product innovation? Um, a lot of those things we can see maybe don't get as much time as they deserve. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, what it comes down to on kind of our perspective, right, is that everything, whether it's strategy, the conversations we have, the insights we provide, at the end of the day, everything goes back to the budget. Are we in line with budget? Are we on pace? Are we underpacing? Are we overpacing, right? Um, and it's it, everything in turn almost comes back to the dollar as opposed to some of the qualitative results that we've talked about before, what's going on behind the scenes in sales. So, yeah. And that's where like, again, going back to, you know, the, how the partnership works, I feel like a lot of times when teams are very finance oriented, agencies get looked at as a line item and not yep. a member of the team. You often have these vendor relationships. I mean, another huge thing is like, you're not in many agency relationships, like you're not actually talking to the person who's making the financial decisions. You're talking to somebody on the marketing team. And this is where we often have like the, Hey, as an agency, like we, I mean, it's the game of telephone, to be honest, like you kind of pitch your idea, the marketing team then goes, brings it to finance. And by that time, like, I don't know, there's just like a gap in what's there. And, well, and we were the talking about this today, actually, that almost that similar scenario. It's maybe not necessarily an organization that's led this way, but you were talking about there's a client, you type up a, what, a shit ton of notes before a call, and then you give it to our point of contact, whether that's on the marketing team, whatever, and then they, for they either just forward the email or you hope they're sharing what you're talking about properly to the team, right? And again, you're, you're exactly right, the telephone game. Things get misconstrued, misspoken about, or just completely wrong at the end of the day, right? So then either because it's coming from you, you can either look like an idiot or you can look like someone who's trying to just get more money. And it goes back to, again, that vendor relationship. And, and not to say that that's bad. There are some organizations that a vendor relationship makes sense. There are times 
I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't want to be in that relationship myself. I know James doesn't either. I think as an organization, we don't want that relationship either. We pride ourselves in being a partner, an extension of your team. We are your team. Um, but vendors have a place. There is a place and purpose for these. And there's tons of organizations that are good at just that, right? Hey, hire us just to manage your Google ads. You tell us what to do. Add us to your, you know, your project management tool and give us a task. We'll do it. Great. You know, that's great for some organizations, whatever. Uh, but when you're looking at a, at a perspective from, let's say, James and I um, and the rest of our team, right, we want to be in there with you. Like, let's understand what happened with this lead. What's happening with this? What is the overall goal of the company and how are we a part of that success um, type of deal more than just budget backed? And don't get me wrong. We meet with finance teams all the time to discuss budgets and projections and forecasting. So, no matter what aspect of a business, finance is still going to be a part of the conversation. If not, well, you're either going to run out of money real quick or something bad's going to happen. I don't even want to go down that road, but um, it's definitely still part of the equation. But going to the kind of the next step, and James, this is your personal favorite, um, is a product-led organization. Um, as I stated, James, this is your favorite. I, I quite enjoy them as well. It's not my personal favorite. A product-led team, it's going to be about they have all the knowledge of the product. It's more of a partner relationship, though, on an aspect of they hire us to be the marketing team to put the messaging and product in front of the right people. They have the, the technical knowledge, the audience insights, right? The vision of where the product is going, whether that be a roadmap or just, hey, here's where we want to be in five years. What they don't have is the technical marketing knowledge. They, they tend to have some marketing knowledge of how they want to do something, but they don't have the expertise to put that into action. And that's where a partner comes into place. James, I'll let you speak on your favorite because, like I said, this is your... Yeah, no, I absolutely love working with product marketers, product marketing teams, product managers. I think one of my, I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. One of my favorite parts about working in an agency rather than in-house is that you have the experience to learn about, you know, a ton of different brands at the same time, right? Like you're not working with one individual, um, you're not working for one you're not working in a silo. Like you can kind of shift from like one business to another. And there's a lot of like great things that come out of that. A big thing that does come out of that is you get to see what is working from a marketing perspective across brands. And that's something that you typically don't get in in-house teams. And I think it's something that product marketers like really like, I mean, again, and a big part of like our philosophy as an agency is gathering customer insights, market research, and using that to inform strategy. And product marketers are literally the best at getting these customer insights. Like they have an understand of how the product is used, what are the types of projects that it's used for, um, who the target audience is, the messaging that resonates with that target audience. Um, I think that that's a little bit I do think that some of the like sales led and marketing led organizations do a little bit better there, but essentially from an agency and client relationship, we can really lean on them to give us the product insight, product and customer insights that we're looking for product roadmap, all of that stuff. And then we can be creative around messaging distribution and really 
hone in and be marketers? Because one of the things, that, and I feel like this isn't talked about a, a lot, but you know, as an agency, like we offer our content strategy, content service, but you know, I'll be honest, like it is, it is difficult in some situations to create content without like a significant, I mean, create a content strategy, create content without getting those insights from the client and, and the product people, they just have the best stuff. And you also have like more, I feel like there's a lot more, um, like good business conversations with those teams too. Yeah. And that goes back to kind of having a roadmap in mind. Like they know where the product, where they want the product to go or where the product is actually going. Right. And one benefit of product led teams as well is they tend to, you were talking about having insight into messaging and really perception. Um, but that's also because product teams are typically meeting with every other team. Um, whether that is the development team, whether that is the sales team, whether that is the marketing team, um, all down those roads uh, on all those paths. To sometimes they even meet with like enterprise solutions. Mm -hmm. What are big companies saying about this product? So um, they have a lot of insight. Um, now, kind of where I personally like is marketing led teams. Now, I'm going to say this with a caveat. There's one big con if we were to look at pros and cons to marketing-led teams that I'll get into, and one thing I absolutely don't like about it. But marketing-led teams are typically people that have a very deep knowledge of the technical marketing. It's almost the opposite of product marketing teams, if we were to go down that path. A marketing team understands what's realistic, what can happen. Um, typically, they understand before coming to their partner, um, their executional partner, um, they understand some of the forecasting that's going to happen. They understand realistically, if we were to spend X amount, we can potentially get you know this much results or this is the benefit of this. And they come with that knowledge where it's not 100% of the partner to come up with the full strategy. Because I do think sometimes that can be a struggle. And that is one benefit. So a product-led team, they understand their product to a T, right? But sometimes there are some software, some services, some products where it's like, it's really hard to understand what the hell you're selling or what the hell you do. And you could explain it to us a million times. We've had this. We've experienced this with a couple of clients where they have a software. We think we understand it but we don't necessarily get it on all points. And, and sometimes it's hard for a product manager to sometimes break it down even more. Where a marketing team, a marketing-led organization can take those hard nuances that someone might not understand, like us who doesn't work internally for you, break it down to a level of, okay, well, here's what you need to know for marketing. When you're, what you're selling is this statement, perfect. Right. And then we can strategize alongside the marketing team with realistic expectations and goals of how we execute this. Um, and it, to me, a marketing led team and why it's one of my favorites is it tends to be more of a whole conversation around what is possible. And I think that's something I mean, that that's something we kind of talk about here as well. Right. Internally is what is possible. Um, let's be real. Let's be possible. Let's be our best selves. Um, and, and the marketing team, I think, has a better understanding of that in our industry inside of the, like I said, the technical knowledge. On the other side of that, the biggest con, and I think this one might be the biggest con of any business-led type, is you can run into an ego battle. 
The marketing team, like I said, has this technical marketing knowledge. They hire a partner. Why do you hire a partner? For their knowledge, right? A marketing team doesn't want to feel like they're useless, so they're going to try and win a battle of a conversation, right? Especially if it comes down to budgeting internally, right? We had a whole conversation about we're going into this recession. What does that look like, right? People, of course, that's a worry of job security. So you have these marketing teams. Then you also have this vendor. Why would someone come in and not say, well, why do we have you guys when we can just hire these guys for less, right? Um, Then your salary. So there sometimes can be this egotistical battle. And that is something you have to overcome. And sometimes it comes down to almost like employee relations. Sometimes personalities just don't work together. And you do have to realign. A contract is not continued. And that sucks. It's a suck. It's a sucky conversation. In my opinion, you tend to see more churn between partner relationships in this type of led organization, which is why I was saying this is a bigger con. Uh, but it still is one of my favorites purely because of the the atmosphere of everyone understands typically what is possible. They're optimistic, but they understand they're realistic at the same time. Yeah. This is one that I just feel like completely depends on the people. 100%. On the team. It absolutely it, it can be a fantastic relationship. Like I, I love working with other marketers who have like a, a similar level of expertise that I do on certain things. You don't have to explain some of the technical stuff that sometimes you have to explain. The attribution conversation is usually a little bit easier. Um, but then there's the, Hey, you know, we hired you because, you know, we don't, we don't have time to do paid search or we hired you because we don't have time to write content. And those are like, I mean, as an agency, those are the types of relationships that we avoid. Like we're not, we're not here to just provide like one service and have you tell us what to do. Like, I mean, I don't want to say we're above that, but like, it's not, it's not the relationship that we are looking for. And sometimes like you have, if you have a marketing team of 25 people and you have a a specialist in every single role, like at that point, it's just, it's, it's better to bring whatever that skill is that you're looking for in house versus a smaller marketing team that is looking to, you know, have, give you a seat at the table when it comes to strategy and ideas and customer insights and, and all that, like that, that is the, the ideal situation. Absolutely. And this moves on to kind of the the fourth business-led type, I guess is how we can organize that. It's a sales-led organization. It, this one is much like finance, right? It, it's very self-explanatory. Um, everything at the end of the day is about the sales team driving the conversation. Um, typically, what you tend to see is um, it's about quality over quantity, but you want a shit ton of quantity. Um, it goes back to kind of that MQL SQL fight, right? Would you rather have five good SQLs or a million MQLs, right? Where do you want their time to be there? And that turns into one of the bigger cons is, is it's almost a fight butting heads between the sale and marketing team because marketing team, they're being told your leads are shit. So we focus on quality and then all of a sudden it's like, well, where'd they all go? We're not getting as many (laughs) leads. It's like, well, what do you want? Right. And I think this is a, that conversation probably resonates with the most people listening um, because you find that everything from a local agency all the way down to working with fortune 500s. Right. I mean, there's, there's always a hard fight between quality versus quantity, finding that happy medium. 
I don't know of any organization where the sales team and the marketing team really are in love with each other. I've seen organizations where the sales team and the marketing teams, they get along, they share insights, right? But I've never yeah. seen them truly be best friends, maybe outside of work, but. Well, and this is something that we've talked about before too, in the, the conversation of lead gen versus demand gen, right? Um, on a lot of sales led organizations are heavily lead gen marketing strategies yep. because what they are looking for is they're looking for leads so that essentially then the sales team can then go do marketing versus I know our approach to strategy is like, we want to come as close to we can as marketers. Like we want to come as close to we as we can to a touch a sales, uh, sorry, a touchless sales process. Like maybe that's not the right. We basically don't want any, <laughs> we don't want your sales team to work harder than they have to. Yeah, we want them. We want to turn your sales team into order takers. That's that's what we want to do at the end of the day. That makes a happy sales team. But a lot of these like sales led organizations, what happens is is they built out the sales team yep. before <laughs> they built out the marketing team. The marketing team wants to do sales at scale. A sales team wants to do sales on their accounts that they close and they get paid on. And this even goes back to the whole pay structure thing of marketing versus sales, like sales gets paid every time they it's heavily commission based marketing is salary based. So the market and the, that conflict comes, comes from literally just that because the marketing team can sit back, make a hundred thousand dollars a year and just deliver crap leads. And the sales team has to deal with those crap leads in order to make their money, um, which sucks. But, and that, and that's what, like my favorite part about working with, organizations like this is I feel like us as an agency, like we can help make that change by focusing on quality, shifting Absolutely. to demand gen. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of good things that can happen when you do that. There I mean, is a benefit. Sale, oh, yeah, sorry, please. Ahead. Yeah. One of the big benefits though, of a sales team that actually helps the marketing team out a lot is they understand customer pain points. They are literally yeah. talking to p prospective customers and slash or talking to customers that reach out to them again that, that are already hired or uh, bought the service or software, excuse me. Um, they understand why they're signing on, right? So I do think if it is a sales-led organization, marketing teams shouldn't be so quick to you know, fight. You got to hear the sales team out because they honestly, they probably have really good insights we're not thinking of. Yeah. Um, and then Common they, objections, yep. I think is one, like in marketing, you do not, you do not see common objections where the sales team will see that every day. Yep. Price is too high. Doesn't have this integration, whatever it may be. Like there's, there, there are common objections that marketing needs to be speaking to ahead of time. Yep. So if marketing addresses those common objections before it gets to sales, again, the salesperson, I don't like to say you're going to turn into an order taker, but that's our goal, right? Yeah. Just, One they, and done conversation. Right. Yeah. Let's answer a couple other questions that you might have that you're that are lingering. You know, does it integrate with X Y Z CRM or whatever? Right. There's yeah, some that should be handled by marketing. <laughs> it's possible, right? Sometimes you know there are weird ones, right? I mean, there's a million CRMs, but at yeah. the end of the day, you're absolutely right. If marketing may not be able to control the price of it, but if we can speak to the price of it of how it can actually save you money, I know it goes back to that thing of saving time and money. Everyone does that, but if you can show it in an actual real life scenario of where we're actually saving money, even if it costs more than what you're using, there we go. Right. And that, that's how it should be. So 
Absolutely. Um, so we've kind of outlined the four. Again, this just goes to show James and I have different perspectives on what organizations we lead and we love. Um, I will probably agree with James, to be very honest with you. Some of the best clients we have are product-led teams. Um, but again, it, it all comes down to natural bias and, pr and, and preference. I know people who love finance-led teams. I know people who love sales-led teams. I mean, it, it's just everyone's different. So there's no right or wrong answer. Uh, we're not saying because James and I say we like product-led teams to all of a sudden fire your entire sales team and reorganize. Don't do that. Just see and use these insights of how you can maybe bring together a more cohesive environment and understanding the vendor versus partner relationship, which is actually where I want to get to. We've mentioned this a lot. Vendor, partner, you know, we, we classify ourselves as a partner, not a vendor. Um, in some cases, I think there have been times where we have acted as a vendor. Um, so I would, I think we should kind of differentiate and under, make a clear understanding of vendor versus partner. Um, so how, how would you kind of go down this path of breaking out the difference? Yeah, it's all about, you know, having a seat at the table when it comes to strategy. What we see in a lot of prospecting conversations is somebody's looking for and they just want you to do and, and not saying that, like, they just want you to do one thing, right? They want you to run paid search. They want you to run paid social. They want you to do SEO. They want you to write blogs for you. Right. And they just want you to perform that action. But the, when it comes to, you know, feedback, like back and forth between, you know, client partner relationship, it's essentially, you know, you as the vendor are in this like order taker relationship. They're, you know, they're controlling the whole strategy. They just need an extra, hand on hand on deck it, it really like it's very similar to in perspective and how i think of vendor versus partner the vendor side of it is think about these these websites right like fiverr uh freelancer uh, i think there's one called upwork or something like that right you have these freelance tools consultant tools where yes agencies are on these uh, websites but it's like hey i will set up your google campaign for x amount of dollars i will manage your Facebook campaigns for this amount of dollars, right? And there are agencies out there who just want to be known as that. I want to do basic work, make my money. You tell me what to do. I don't have to think. I'm just going to, you know, put it into practice. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, there are organizations who need just that. We talked about it, right? A marketing-led team might have a full, robust team. They just don't have someone or the resources right now to hire a full person to manage Google. They don't have enough money for there. So they can hire someone for 500 bucks a month on Fiverr to just go in and manage them and optimize them. Now, what's difficult about those types of relationships, though, is you're, you're not going to get nearly as good of results Correct. because... I mean, the amount of, honestly, the amount of care effort that goes into they have no campaign buy management and optimization. I put it this way. It's, it's hard to write, create, uh, create ads, creative, whatever it is without doing customer research. Like there's, there's a lot of strategy components that need to go into it. And then the other thing too, is that, you know, we talk about egos a little bit too, I'll speak to my experience. Like I've been doing this for 10 years and I've probably worked with 60 plus B2B companies, right? I, I have a good 
well-rounded view on what works in different situations, what I've tested a thousand times and still doesn't work. Um, and that's like, those are the things that agencies like really look to want to like bring to those, bring to the table because, you know, we can help, you know, shut down ideas early on, or we can really help, you know, sell, sell the good stuff early on. And I think having that seat at the table is, really, really important. Well, having a seat at the table too, I, I think I said it a, a minute ago, um, you have buy-in, right? So not only are you there to be an extension of their team, but you're also forward thinking. You're think We're thinking about, you know, FY23 at this point. Yeah, we have quarter four discussions in place. How do we want to approach it? Especially, you know, in B2B talking about Christmas coming up, right? That That last half of December is, let's be real, not much happens. Right. So we're almost thinking about 23. What What's going to happen in 23? How do we approach this? What is what are some new channels we should explore? And out of a vendor, you're not going to have that conversation. They're linking month to month. OK, I got my 500 bucks. You're going to here's six yeah. campaigns that I'm just optimizing. Let me do some keyword search terms. Right. Um, shut off those performance max campaigns. If you listen to like last <laughs> month or last week's episode, um, that's what a vendors do. Uh, whereas like a partner, and this is kind of where I'm taking this, right? What does an agency want? Well, I can speak for our agency. What do we want? We want almost like a stake in the company. We want to be held liable and accountable for what we're doing. Um, we want it to be where your project managers, your digital marketing managers, your um, whoever um, is coming to us and saying, hey, finance is saying this. Let's be real. Let's be transparent. How do we fix this? Yep. And so we work together and collaborate. Um, and it, it goes but back to your, what I'm, yeah. I was going to say, your job doesn't end when you hand off your lead. We're not just right? launching That's, a campaign. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking like the whole lead gen thing too. We talk oh, about yep. quality a lot. Again, you want a you want a vendorship relationship. It's like, okay, I handed off my leads. You have your leads, right? Here's a hundred NQLs. Um, Good luck. Yeah, here's, you know, what the sales team. You should talk to the sales team. Like they, it's like no, in our, in our like we want to talk to the sales team. Yep. I want to know. I I sent you six thousand leads. Where did they come? Like, what happened to them? Yep. Is it working? Absolutely. And you're working with different teams too, right? In this case, <clears throat> in an ideal relationship, we are working with product teams. In a real relationship, we are working with marketing teams. We on some level work with a sales team more for feedback. Um, we're working with potentially a data analytics team, a development mm -hmm. team. We are almost internally a part of your team as our own department, meeting with all these teams much like almost anyone else would. Um, and that's important because really what it chalks, what it comes down to and chalks up to is commitment. Everything from commitment in the strategy, commitment in the success of the organization beyond just the marketing strategy, um, commitment to understanding feedback, utilizing the feedback and gathering the right feedback to help us propel. Right. And then also coming up with ideas, working as a team, roundtables, as we like to say it, let, let's shoot the shit and talk about some new channels coming on board or some new tools we've, new tools we found that might elevate us into another channel, which is actually a real life scenario that we're having right now um, with a couple clients as we found a new tool that would be great. And if we were just a vendor, it'd be like, eh, not right for these guys, even though it probably would be. Um, and I think that's what it comes down to is, I've said it a lot and I'll stop saying it, but the buy-in, the buy-in is there. Um, again, you're an extension of the team.
So you know, it's like I, I feel like I have a really good analogy for what makes up a good uh, agency client relationship. Let's hear. I it. think it comes. It, I think it comes down to what you would look for in a manager at the end of the day, right? Like there are managers who micromanage, tell you what to do, and then reprimand you when you screw up. And, you know, the, basically the only time you hear from them is like when you mess up versus, you know, what I look for in a manager is, you know, somebody who I can have an open relationship with, somebody who I can look to for strategic insights, somebody who's been in the trenches and, and kind of knows the same, you know, can help me with certain projects. Um, you know, it's, it's just more of a open, fluid relationship versus, again, the bad manager of, hey, let me tell you what to do. Go do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No ifs, ands about it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, who would you want to go to have a beer with? Yeah. You know, <laughs> think about it that way too. So, um, well, I, I think we've kind of, we've hit the nail on the head with kind of what we were, were talking about. You know, I'm really kind of curious as well. And I know you can't physically comment on, you know, Spotify, but we're always posting about our episodes on LinkedIn. So don't, again, don't be afraid to connect with us on LinkedIn. We love these conversations. Continue on past the podcast, right? James, and I, like I said, we post on LinkedIn, comment on our posts, connect with us. Let's talk about what you just listened to and tell me why you like a sales-led team. Let's talk about it because there's probably points that we didn't even think of that someone who loves a sales-led team is going to be like, hey, this is why I love it. So we love those conversations because it also gives us more insight. Um, but at the end of the day, right, if we were to chalk it up, what type of company makes for the best agency relationship, despite what my personal favorite is, at the end of the day, a product-led team tends to make more sense in a B2B partnership aspect. James, I'll let you kind of speak to it. It is your personal favorite, but I, I probably do have to agree with you there. Yeah, no, I, I think we've we've beat the horse with this a little bit, but it really comes down to... You know, if you were uh, this in this, I were saying it's this is like if you were to outsource your full marketing team, I would much rather talk to product people than anybody else because you know they have the vision, they have the customer insights. Um, you know, they, they understand, understand the, the unique selling points yeah. of the product. They understand it's often hard when somebody with an outside view just wants to focus on profitability, just wants to focus on you know, making the sale that just wants to focus on, you know, marketing. Like, I, I feel like you get like, yeah, one of the things I hate is like brand tagline messaging in ads. Like that's not, you're not winning anybody over with that. Where like a product person understands the need for education and they know what to say. Um, and then they can, you know, lean on their agency partner to, deliver that message, which is just, it just is conducive of a very nice, easy relationship. Absolutely. And I think something that we were talking about earlier that I want to make sure we get to is um, what does an agency, let's say if they were to work with us, James, what do they get versus what they would get or wouldn't get when they hire in-house, right? Some organizations can afford to hire a marketing team and a partner, but if you had to make the decision, should I get a partner or should I hire a full-fledged marketing team? You know, what are you losing if you go in-house? Um, one of the biggest ones that I think we hit the head on um, all the time, and I, people hear it all the time, is with a partner, right, there tends to be a full team behind you. 
um, typically mm -hmm. for less than that of a salary of one or two employees where, you know, if you work with us and you do paid media <laughs> development, creative, whatever, right. There's potentially up to 12 people touching your account where you might be able to afford one or two employees for the same aspect. And you can't expect two employees to do the same work that 12 are going to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, <clears throat> I'll try to, I don't know how many I'm going to rattle off here, but there's a couple of reasons why I would go. Uh, actually, I'm going to start with why I would go in house. That's fair. Agency because I do think that there is a reason for this. Like, um, I mean, a clear benefit of in-house versus agency is do you want to have somebody a hundred percent focused on your brand or yep. in an agency situation? Like I'll be honest, it's like 10, 15, 20% of the time that we're spending is going to be on your brand. Um, now there is a layer of, you know, on the agency side, you are looking for expertise that maybe you don't have internally um, on the agency side. The agencies typically have access to tools that are um, not as easily accessible in-house, right? So like, you know, hey, we have a reporting tool that we use that we spend X dollar a month for. It's kind of out of the budget internally, but hey, we can use that across 50 different clients in our organization, right? So that's like, a, you know, typically we'll have access to more tools. And then from a expertise standpoint, um, yeah, I think it really is good to always have some sort of agency relationship just for this, that the fact that they aren't focused solely on one brand, because it is difficult to come up with ideas when you get caught in your own little box yep. in your own world, little world, um, versus an agency who's easily able to say like, oh yeah, Hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run, I wouldn't run performance max campaigns. Don't even bother with the test. We tested it with 10 clients already and it failed every time. Yep. Right. Um, so there's like, there's that level. Um, I mean, there are again, things that I think are typically done better in house copywriting. Um, that's like a huge one. It's very difficult to outsource somebody and expect them to write at the same level as somebody who's a product expert. Um, I'm a big fan of like the employee advocacy programs. Like I, I think that uh, there's a lot of great stuff happening on LinkedIn right now in SaaS organizations that is driving growth, community, organic, social. Um, those are all things that I think are much better done in-house. I think paid advertising is kind of a, a great thing to outsource because it is, um, you know, there's a lot of technical things that go into it from tools, reporting perspective. There's a lot that goes into it. And it's just one of those things where there's a million different things that you can test. And if you're working with, uh, especially an agency that specializes in a specific industry or vertical, they'll be able to come in and get you off the ground much faster than if you kind of sat down and thought of that strategy yourself. Yeah. I mean, you, you spoke to it yourself, right? You've been doing B2B work for almost, what, 10 years now? Yeah. You've worked with probably, what, I think you said 60 companies? I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot, right? I mean, I come with also about 10 years experience in digital marketing as well. A little bit different experience than you. But at the end of the day, that's where me and you also shoot the shit. We're exploring yeah. ideas of, hey, I've done this before. It worked in this type of thing. We can try for B2B, right? We can try for this software. We can try for this service. Um, and, and that's something, you know, hiring in-house, you sometimes don't even have the ability to shoot the shit because people might not have 
the expertise that you do or the experience and you're reporting to a CMO that is also sales manager, um, sales manager slash marketing manager. Like, let's be real. Where's his focus? Yeah. The sales. head of uh, the old head of sales and marketing, the yep. chief revenue officer, all CRO. these new positions yeah. that are coming out. Um, that's uh, hey, let's try to throw everything under one umbrella so we can teamwork make give teamwork them a big fancy the title, right? make their resume look good, be real big on LinkedIn, uh, all that. Yeah. Right now we're getting off topic, but really what it comes down to is an agency provides the expertise, some more insights that you might not get from someone in house. Again, there's outliers. Sometimes you find the perfect employee. Um, it happens, right? Yeah. Hire, hire a paid person that's worked in an agent, a B2B agency for the last 10 years. Like yep. You're going to get the same, you will get the same result. Yep. Um, but I think one of the biggest things is you have a whole team behind you. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest one because, again, it's a, 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 a wide array of experience, um, technical yeah. exp expertise. Sometimes, you know, like with us, we have social media experts. We have paid search experts. Uh, we have a branding expert, graphic designers that are freaking amazing. I mean, again, it'd be hard to hire all of those. Wait, and you like at the end of the day, a person can't, can't do it all. Like, 100%. and again, I, I would like our paid search, like I, I lead our paid media team, our paid search people know more about paid search than I do. Our paid social people know more about paid social than I do. Um, and what they should do James, uh, I am a T-shaped <laughs> marketer. That's what I am. I like it. Uh, a T-shaped marketer who has extensive experience in paid media and a well-rounded. No, it's true though. Else. I mean, you're exactly. I hate that right. term, but no, I, hate, I hate that term. But it's. I mean, it is kind of how you would describe. Well, it. it's true. So, like, this is a prime example of what a partner does, right? When we're not on a client meeting, James, you're having these high-level conversations of, "Hey, here's what we're seeing in the data." you know, social team, what's going on, right? I tend to work closer with the social team than I do the search team, um, right? Jay, who was on last yeah. week, he tends to work closer with the search team and we all work together, right? Um, at the end of the day. So there's no perfect answer, right? Every agency is going to be different, but you need people at different levels, different expertise to really make it work. Um, it, it's There's so much going on in a digital world. It's hard to stay on top of it. So being yeah. one person, I can't even imagine trying to know everything. Uh, that sounds yeah, like hell. Um, I mean, ultimately, like, this whole thing boils down to in order to have an effective agency relationship, there has to be trust. There has to be trust that the agency is the experts in what they yep. do and that the client side is the experts in what they do. If you don't have that trust there, um, I mean – if you don't have that trust, it is better to go in-house. It's better to go in-house because it's going to frustrate the agency. Um, it's going to frustrate you. I mean, even when it comes, I'm going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but when it comes to, I mentioned social, I think is better done in-house because what a lot of teams don't really, like social gets a lot of views by a lot of people in the company Let's be honest, there's more people internally looking at your social than external in a lot of situations. And you'll get like feedback from everybody on social. Like you can't hire an agency to do social and then continuously give them feedback on how to post, what to say, what to do or whatever, right? Like it's it's very silly to put together a content calendar with, this is all of the content that we are going to post on your behalf. 
And then you have to review the imagery or whatever versus like an in-house person on social can do anything in the moment that they want. Like, Hey, this, we're at this event right now. I'm there. I'm going to do this. Right. Versus, yep. you know, something from an agency side, typically it'll come very curated and there are great social agencies that are creative and have a lot of resources, but uh, I'll tell you, they cost a lot <laughs> for good ones. Cost a lot. No, absolutely. I've experienced as well. Well, um, I think this has been a good conversation. Again, I would love to continue the conversation on LinkedIn. So please share your insights on, you know, why either this business led style is working for you. Tell me why I'm wrong with marketing teams. Tell James why he's wrong on a product led team. Like we love this conversation. So be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn. But again, thank you so much for joining us this week. A little bit shorter of an episode this week, but I think it was a good conversation all around. So we'll see you next week and, uh, you know, Stay cool. It's hot out here. Well, it's hot where I'm at. So stay cool. Thanks for listening to Digital Banter. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are uploaded every Friday. In the meantime, keep up with the show by following James and Zach on social media. Links are in the show notes.